0: Hey, Scott Johnson here from Frogpants at Frogpants.com, and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio.
1: All right, enough time wasting. Help me welcome John Barrowman back to Phoenix Comic Con. Holy
0: crap! Hello, Phoenix! Unbelievable. Hi. Hello. What's your name? Carissa. Nice to meet you, Carissa. You better get ready because you're going to be signing some happy shit today. Um, just before we go, can we turn the house lights up again? Because I want to put this on online because I'm a big geek myself. You ready? Wait! Wait! <laughs> wait. Start out really quiet. Ready? I want everybody just to say nothing. Oh, wait, it, go, well, how, it won't go to video. <laughs> Ready, here we go. And, and I'll count backwards for three. When, when you get to zero, then just go nuts. Ready? Three. Two. Awesome! Great guys, thank you very much, thank you. Uh, Well, it's great to be back, second year in Phoenix, it's awesome. To see the con uh, grow and grow and grow, Uh, you know, like the phoenix from the ashes. Yay, yeah, you got to keep moving, girl, come on, Sandra, keep moving. I'm going to get you to sign some good stuff later, don't you worry. All of you who've seen my, uh, my panels, you know that I like to have an, a great time. Uh, um, I can hit a little hard sometimes, I can be a little soft, that's when I like, you know. But we're never soft in our house. <laughs> right, Scotty? Anyway, by the way, Scott's down here in the front looking at me like, oh my God, don't embarrass me. Stand up and wave, stand up. My handsome husband... with the skinny waist and the big shoes. No <laughs> Oh, uh, what? On my back? Really? Oh no, no. No underpants this year. No. Last year was underpants. I got, oh, you're sitting in your underpants right there. That was a view that I haven't seen in a long time. And by the way, you need to shave. Um, do you see him? There he is there. Look. Look at that. Woo. Excuse you. Uh, You know I like in the panels to really have a good time, everybody cut loose, anything goes you can ask, anything you want, uh, line up for your questions, I'm sure you're already there. I kind of feed off of you guys, we feed off of each other. You know what was really kind of sad, like about 15 minutes ago, 20 minutes ago, I'm down at my booth and there was like only four people there and I, I looked at Kelsey who works with me and I looked at Scott and I went, do you think I should come back next year because there's nobody here? And she went, honey, you're okay, they've been waiting for three hours to get into your panel. Awesome. So I expect to see you all down there. Uh, great. So we're just going to start with the first question. Which From which side? Over this side? Oh, here.
1: Hi. Hi. My name is Allison, and I am a big fan awesome. uh, of Doctor Who. <laughs> and... Sort of a fan of of Arrow. All right, sit down then. <laughs> uh, my, question. my question. is Um. Um. What? What's wrong? What's wrong? You no. Know? Which one Which is one your is my, favorite character? My favorite character, yeah. Is it Jack? Yeah. <laughs> I love
0: him. Obviously, I know who your favorite is. <laughs> well, your your name's Allison, is that right? Yes. Okay, Allison, for me, uh, I really never answer favorite questions because once I say who my favorite is, that means that I'm stuck. They'll always say, well, you can't say this is your favorite, this is your best. But I'll tell you right now, now I know that you love Jack Harkness. Jack Harkness was the one who, uh, I love Malcolm Merlin. I like being a bad guy. I like playing Jack Harkness because he was a hero, but Jack Harkness changed my life. Captain Jack and all of you guys out there who love Captain Jack Harkness, you've given me the life that I have always dreamed of. And to that, I say thank you very, very much. Thank you. <laughs> and get watch an arrow, damn it. <laughs> yes. Hi, Philip. Um... I know there's a lot of Whovians out here, but yeah. I'm not getting to that. I'm going with Arrow. Good, good. Um, hey, we're all one big happy family. Who yeah. likes who? Who likes Arrow? We all come together and have one great big party.
1: <laughs> Correct. Um, second to last episode, while you are in the train station, you had a green vial necklace. Yes. Was that the Marikuru?
0: I'm not telling you what it was, what it was, what it was, but because... Will come in season three. My real name's Alphaba, and he's gonna drink it, and everything's gonna be wicked. I can't tell you. Okay. But that little green vial is there for a reason.
1: Thank you. Yes. In Doctor Who, whose idea was it to come up with for uh, Jack Harkness to be immortal, like Can't Die?
0: Oh, well, I think, well, that was Russell, uh, probably. Russell uh, T. Davies, who wrote the series. Russell had, um, uh, unlike American TV series, uh, where they do have a little bit of an idea what they're going to do for the entire series. In Britain, when you make them, you have to have it written. So the tweaking gets done as you're going along, but it's not like in some episodic television where they don't know what the next episode is going to be until you know they're writing it as we go. So I think um, he had the idea that Jack was going to be immortal. Or maybe it came up at a last minute because I was only expected to be in five episodes of Doctor Who. And that was in, uh, uh, with the ninth Doctor, with Chris Eccleston. And Yes. And when I, you know, it, all of a sudden I wanted to play Jack as somebody that you didn't really like. And that worked because people didn't like him at first. They thought, who's this selfish, arrogant You know, butthead who's kind of thinking about himself and he's caused mummy situation, you know, ruined everything. But then all of a sudden, they, you know, as the time went on, the different episodes, as I got the scripts, I was reading them and going, I really want to make him likable. I want to change him. I want him to be part of the team. And that was what the scripts were saying. So then all of a sudden, I got the script and I turned the page and it went, and he dies. I said, "Sky, they're dying." And I thought, you know, I hadn't even turned the next page. I thought, well, I've been in Doctor Who. It's been a lifelong dream, childhood dream. Here I am. I've played a hero. I've been a character that's gone from A and gone to Z and turned himself around, and he's now liked by the British public. And then I went, oh, "Okay, just let's see what happens." And I turn and it, and goes, "And he comes back to life." Yes! <laughs> So I knew that if they left me, and then I was pulled in for a meeting, and they said, you know, we're gonna, we, we want you to be in, in more, but we have to establish David Tennant as the doctor because Jack's a very strong character. It would be unfair to bring a new doctor in and have you kind of dominating, although I would love that over David Tennant. <laughs> So that was why in the set, the first part of David's reign as doctor, I wasn't involved and then I was brought back in. And then there was the clash between them and the, the figuring stuff out. And my favorite scene working with David, one of the ones... Is the one that Russell wrote when I am inside the um, the nuclear facility, and and we're look and the, the whole thing is done through a door with a window, and he's telling me you're wrong, and da da da, and I'm explaining to him about why I do what I do, and that I, I'm you know I'm giving I can give myself up for anything, and blah blah blah, and that was the first time both of them come together, and the doctor then goes, all right, I'm going to take you on board, and we're going to deal with this. So, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question, but that was. That's how it all came about, really. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes.
1: Hello. Hi. Uh, My question is, do you plan on doing more work with Misha Collins?
0: (laughs) Put it this way, I haven't worked with Misha Collins yet, but I intend to one day. He may not know it yet, but... (laughs) Uh, No, I'm going to get involved with his... um, He does a scavenger. Yeah. Hunt? Yeah. Now, I, I said I would do this uh, at the last con I was at, but I really don't know what it involves. And a lot of you guys have been coming up to me at the table and stuff and telling me, which is great, but I need to get a team together of people. Well, you, any volunteers? We will have a team barrowman. Uh, and they will, they will do a scavenger. And I will kind of moderate the whole thing and make sure it's all done because I really don't have the time to run around and build dinosaurs out of maxi pads. I just don't. <laughs> right? But I love the idea that those are the kind of crazy things he comes up with because in a way, that's like me, a bit crazy. So just keep... If you hit my website and keep... Fo- you know If you follow me on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, any of the social media sites, who say, please... Keep checking it out, because if you want to be part of the team, I'm sure the spaces are going to go very quickly, okay? And I want representation from all over the country or all over the world. Got it? Great. By the way, I love Misha. He's called my Misha man. Yes.
1: Okay, okay. Hi. 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 I love you. Hi.
0: I love that you love me.
1: Okay, I, I
0: love you, and you love me all the time.
1: Um, I just wanted to ask, like, between like the cast and team of Doctor Who and Torchwood, which one did you like enjoy more?
0: Really? Yeah. Really? They were both two different experiences because on Doctor Who, I was one of a team, and David was the uh, the leader. And I was able to go into Doctor Who and kind of, in a nutshell, just to say to use this term, let my hair down and be fun and have a good time, you know, while we got the work done. But I'm also saying as the character of Captain Jack, Jack didn't have so much responsibility on his shoulders. However, in Torchwood, I was the leader of the pack and everybody was, I was responsible for everybody around me and also the same in the show. It was my show and I was the leader and... And, and treated it that way, so each of them have a really good, uh, you know, uh, kind of taste for me of different types of things, and that was the thing, as the act, as actor, being able to play Jack, who was, uh, on Doctor Who, who was roguish, flirtatious, you know, Captain Jack Harkness, nice to meet you, all that stuff, it was just great, and then on Doctor Who, it's like, get out of my, I'm sorry, on Torchwood, it's like, get out of my way, or I will kill you, Right? <laughs> So completely two different characters, two different groups of people, and both equally, equally as fun. The, doctor, the thing about, that's great about the Doctor Who world, once you are in it, and for those of you who have dreams about being in it, keep dreaming because it can happen. It happened to me. Never thought it would. Boy doing musical theater in the West End and on Broadway, and all of a sudden, there I am, one of the iconic characters now in Doctor Who. You're a part of the Doctor Who family for the rest of your life. And those of you who watch it, you're all part of it too. Oh, my gosh. Hi. <laughs> so? <laughs> so? Um, Just really tilt sure. the mic down a little bit, sweetheart. Yeah. There you go.
1: Um, so, hi, John. Hi. Um, I was the girl who asked dibs on you last year. And um, how's the marriage going?
0: Well, how's the marriage going? <laughs> well, now you've grown up. I don't know, you wanna ask Scott that question? How's it going, Scott? (laughs) He's going great. It's going really well. I mean, it's really nice that uh, a lot of states, like Wisconsin, yesterday finally. It was overturned, basically. But what I find really interesting is that, uh, you know, I think it's the attorney general for Wisconsin, Mr. Val Holland is his name, otherwise known as Buttface. <laughs> he immediately decided I want to get it, put a stop to it and I want to reverse it. And so he ran around like a chicken with his head cut off, saying, "I'm going to stop it. We're not going to let this happen." And you know what? Just sit down and shut up because it's going to happen everywhere. And y'all need to be vocal about it in this state because it needs to happen in Arizona. And the reason it needs to happen is because we are two men who are so happy that we can celebrate our lives together and celebrate the love that we have for each other.
1: Can I still be a princess?
0: Can you be our princess?
1: Yeah, remember the carriage and the, remember?
0: Yeah, I know. I have my own princess carriage. <laughs> I just never pull it out of the garage. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's a way for, you know, for us, we finally are now able to celebrate who we are and the love we have for each other and not try to hide it or be ashamed of it. And that's the way it should be all over the world. And, sweetheart, your generation, because that's the way you feel your generation will make the biggest changes in the world. And don't you forget it. Yes. Hi, Doctor. Hey. Hey. Nice Fez. Thank you. Why am I doing this an awful lot lately? As I get older, am I getting camper? Am I getting gayer? That ain't possible. <laughs>
1: yes. I win. <laughs> um, So... Was there any particular event in your childhood that made you really just attracted to sci-fi as a genre and want to be a part of it?
0: Yes, I was, I was abducted by aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that if I was interviewed in a TV show. And What got you attracted to sci-fi? Well, I was uh, probed by aliens when I was nine. And... Um, I thought it was one of the most, uh, you know, ethereal experiences. And um, while I was on the planet, I, I felt my true inner alien was amazing, amazing. They'd be like, what? But you'd all get it, wouldn't you? My earliest sci-fi, who? My earliest sci-fi memory is when I was about. Seven, eight years old, maybe six, and I was in, in Glasgow, Scotland, where I was born, and yeah, all right, good sail, Glasgow. Yeah. So I was, and I watched Doctor Who, like every other kid my age, every Saturday night, and I watched it like this, from behind the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly scared, but slightly excited because of what was happening. And I remember the first one that I saw, I think it was with John Pertwee. And, yeah, the Autons. The original, it was John Pertwee, wasn't it? Yeah, the original Autons, which were, for those of you who don't know, shop mannequins. They were extremely frightening because they were the 60s shop mannequins. And they stood there and then their fingers just dropped and they killed people. My mother when I was that age, I had to hide me in her coat when we were walking along the high street in front of stores. I said, no, mom, I'm not doing it. Come on, son, I'm not going in front of the shop because the dummy's going to shoot me. That is so precious. <laughs> It won't shoot you. No, 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 because there's no doctor here. He's going to shoot me, mom. I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it. She'd cover me in her coat and go, ah, that was my first but what was really exciting to me was 30 odd years later the first revamp of doctor who was the first episode what was it it was the autons so and i was i was already told i was going to be in the series and i'm like yes if it's the autons it means that i'm going to get daleks and then i'm also going to get cybermen and i'm going to get all sorts of aliens and creatures So that was my first memory of sci-fi. And from that point on, I was like Space 1999, the original Battlestar Galactica. Um, I also, one of my favorite memories of sci-fi is uh, Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Get this. Get this. I used to watch Buck Rogers as a kid. And now the lady who looks after me at all of the comic cons, Erin Gray, who was uh, Wilma Deering. The only woman who didn't have camel toe in that show. It was amazing. (laughs) And for those of you who don't know what that is, happy journey home, moms and dads explaining that one. (laughs) And if it's a boy, we call it a moose hoof. (laughs) Really? I got to give it to both ends of the coin, all right? So, yes, that was... So,
1: um, can I ruffle your hair?
0: No. Okay. If you touch this hair, your hand will crack. There is so much product in it, it doesn't move. You can touch it. Go ahead. Do you want to do my armpit hair? Don't have any. <laughs> Sorry, I've, I've got allergies, and my nose is running. Do you mind if I blow my nose? One second. That'll be on eBay in about an hour. <laughs> Donating to a charity. Oh, no. oh yeah, like, like that's frightened you. Um, next. Yes. Hello. Hello, Dolly. <laughs> so, um. You forgot your question, didn't you? Too busy oh, yeah. being cool, cool oh. saying hello. It's
1: <laughs> so exciting meeting you. but um, if you could play any character in the entire show, who would you be? If I could in Doctor. Who? Sorry
0: If, if you... I could be or play Well yeah, no, I... I don't need to play any anyone. I'm one of the best ones there is. Captain Jack Harkness. <laughs> However, I did ask Russell and it wasn't I wasn't able to fit it in when I was doing Torchwood. I asked them if I could be in um, the, the, again, remind me, there's been so many, the, the episode where Rose and the doctor go to Torchwood in the tower. Name of the episode? Army of Ghosts. Is it Army of Ghosts? Doomsday. Okay, hold on, everybody's shouting at once. Don't, don't, don't scream at me, I don't remember the name of it. One person. Okay, the Army of Ghosts and then second part was Doomsday. Got it? Lovely. We're all happy. Yay! Okay, so um that uh th- for me I said to Russell, "Please, can I be in a Cyberman outfit?"
1: Hey. We would. No, match. he didn't. I wouldn't have
0: time. I wasn't able to do it. I always wanted to be in a Cyberman's outfit. We would match. Well, I know we would because you're <laughs> Cyber. Yeah, so that never happened because one of the Aliens or uh, uh, monsters, as I called them, as a kid who I never got to fight when I was in Doctor Who, and I'm very sad about it, was the Cybermen. Because they, the Cybermen, Daleks, Davros, um, Santarins, and also, who was the other one? Um, no, Slavine. I love the Slavine. Yeah. <laughs> Blonde Felfach. That was the other thing. Russell, when we used to get into the, the trailer, we'd come in the trailer every morning, and it would be either David, Billy me, or it would be David, me, or Billy, depending on Billy and I who got in first and got up early enough. And we would come in and we'd sit down and we'd be in the makeup chairs and we all had you know, our own makeup artists and uh, the, the guy who did uh, David's hair did my hair for Doctor Who, but I had someone separate for Torchwood and it's getting really technical now, but the point is we're all sitting in the makeup trailer and when you'd always know the day when someone had a lot to say because that person would not talk. They'd have the script in front of them like that, going and we called that line fear. Because Russell, that first day with the Sladeen episode, that was my day. Hello? And guess what? I had to say every other sentence Rexochorico fallopatorius. <laughs> and to this day, I will never forget Rexochoricophallipatorious. And I said to Russell, what are you doing that for? And he went, (laughs) did it deliberately.
1: Can I high five you? Sorry? Can I high five you?
0: Can you high five me? Sure. But hurry up, because there's all these people who want more questions. Thank you very much, sweetheart. Yay!
1: Yes. So we actually have a question over here in the front row. Good. Hi. Hello, John.
0: How are you?
1: I am awesome, thank you. Good. Um, so, is it boxers, briefs, or, or commando?
0: You just want to get my pants off, don't you? Yes, sir. <laughs> well, I have to say, it's not boxers because I don't like it so loose. It's not boxer briefs because I have a tendency it falls out of the leg.
1: You don't tuck it in your sock?
0: It's briefs, because Brief. it's all held snugly together. No. Like one big happy banana boat.
1: Now, does Scott have the same problem? Scott
0: has the same problem, thank God. <laughs> and I'll tell you one thing, because we're similar in size, and in, in, I mean physically. Yeah. We do, he wears a lot of my clothes. Scott never clothes shops. I just buy stuff and he wears it, right? Oh! But the thing I don't like is he wears my underwear sometimes. <gasps> yes, and then when uh, you know, this is this is the problem you don't have in a heterosexual household, except except sometimes on a Friday night when you're getting kinky. <laughs> so he puts my underwear, and I can always tell. You know why? Because the left side is always stretched. So you're I'll leave that up to your imagination. <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it? And then Scott also... This, I'm going to let one of your secrets out, Scotty. I'm sorry. I wear my my, my briefs, you know, normal way, right? With the, the writing on the outside and the lines. You know You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. I wear, I wear Banana Republic briefs. I just like them, okay? I like them. It makes me feel like I'm in an 80s porn movie. Um... <sighs> Scott takes the briefs, and he turns them inside out because he doesn't like the lettering on his skin or the lines to mark. <gasps> I know. And that, then he st- dresses one way, and he stretches them one way, and then I have to put them on, and it's like, no, thank you. It's like a, a marble ball in a bowling bag. So... <laughs> Why do you think we've been together for 21 years? <laughs> it's today, isn't it? Or next, next week? <clears throat> 21 years next week. Great. Thank you.
1: Thanks, John. You're
0: welcome. What kind of knickers do you wear? Or are you going commando? <laughs> don't, don't answer that. <laughs> Because you can't talk, because that means you're naked underneath that stuff. <laughs> yes. So, as hey. a stage actor as well, what is the nerdiest thing that you got to perform on stage? The nerdiest thing I got to perform on stage? Yes. I've never really done anything nerdy. I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, I'm a nerd every day of my life, so why do I want to play it on stage? Um, I, I haven't, no, yeah, I haven't played any nerdy characters. Uh, is any, Scott, any nerdy characters I've played? Anybody remember any? Oh, the intruder! Yes, many of you have not seen this. <laughs> he wasn't—he ner- was gay nerdy, like really gay nerdy. I—it was a character called the intruder, and it was on a TV show called Al Murray's. Um, I think I can't remember the name of it now. Al Murray was his name. Look it up online. Look, John Barrowman, gay Nazi intruder. <laughs> I say no more. I was, yeah, I was, uh, that was outrageous. It was outrageous and silly, yes. But um, nerdy characters, I really don't, you know, haven't played any nerdy characters. I'd love to, you know, but I, w- I don't know how I would play them because you wouldn't want to be a stereotype because we're all completely different. I mean, this room is filled with nerds and geeks, and look at us, we're all different. So I'd have to, I'd, I'd really kind of have to choose how to do it, and that's the one thing I love about Big Bang Theory. You've got all the nerds, all represented different, you know, and it's just just amazing. Sorry, no nerds. Have you played a nerd? Yes, I have. You have. Oh, well, nah, but yeah. the cosplay is different than actual playing someone on stage. Oh. I've, I've 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 done Doctor Horrible before. Oh, you have. Yes, good. I have. Good, excellent, yes. excellent. Well, you make a good-looking one. Thanks. And don't bat those eyes at me unless you're over eighteen. I am. You are. <laughs> bat away. Bat away. Yes
1: um, so first of all, I'm 21. you are and congratulations. Thank for you next very week. much. Thank um, you. So you're as you've been together as long as I am old. Oh which is so cute.
0: <laughs> really a great way to start no, off your so afternoon. Cute. <laughs> would you like my shoe to put it in your mouth?
1: That would be wonderful anything It would be wonderful. <laughs> you're my kind of girl <laughs> second thing, you're wearing the shirt from my favorite two episodes of Doctor Who, so thank you. You're welcome. Also, my question is, if you were in the Harry Potter universe and you attended Hogwarts, what house would you be in?
0: I'd create my own house. It would be called Gathador.
1: And can, can I be in your house then?
0: You can be in my house, whether you're Gaithador or not, just because you want a shoe in your mouth. <laughs>
1: thank you (laughs) you're
0: welcome (laughs) by the way I love Harry Potter and the Harry Potter books when they first came out in the UK um, I got first editions of every single one of them for our nieces and nephews and I gave the Harry Potter books to them and that was one of the inspirations that when my sister and I were at uh, a family cabin in northern Wisconsin and we were all all the adults are down at the beach drinking and having you know swimming and I was going to say having sex but they weren't um (laughs) That would be like, ooh, family, ooh. <laughs> Dad, what are you, ooh. <laughs> So um, we're all down there, and all of a sudden we looked at each other, all the adults, and we went, where are the kids? And we snuck back up to the cabin, and they were all inside the cabin reading the Harry Potter books. Yeah. And so my sister and I said, you know, wouldn't it be great to create something that would be like that, that would capture the imagination of kids and blah 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 and that was one of the reasons that the Hollow Earth series uh, that my sister and I write was born. So yay Harry Potter! And Daniel Radcliffe, I love him. (laughs) I was rehearsing a a a show, uh, I was doing my Tonight's Tonight TV show that I produced for the BBC uh, with them uh, rehearsing next door and Daniel was next door rehearsing for um, How to Succeed in Business. And the guy who was the, the assistant choreographer was in Chicago with me, and he came in the room, and he said, just wanted you to know, and if you want to pop in, um, there's a big fan of yours next door. And I'm like, okay, you know, thinking, nah, nah, nah. and I went, yeah, all right. Didn't know who was in the room, and I, I come knocking on the door thinking I'm going to make someone's day. <laughs> it's going to be fabulous. <laughs> knock, 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 open the door, and I'm like, Ah! <sighs> And he's like, he's, he goes like that, Mr. Barrowman. And I, and I said, you're still underage. I will not kiss you. Call me when you're 21. But he's a gorgeous guy, really, really down to earth, and one of those young men who's, again, himself, really doing a lot of great work within the industry. And I'm a huge fan. So anyway, yes.
1: Oh, my God. I'm still giddy from the hug I got from you in the phone booth yesterday. Really? Yes. I give um, good hugs, don't I? Yes, you really do. Thank you. Um, before I ask you my question, I want to know, what would the colors for Gafendor be? Who? The, your, your house that you oh, want to make. Oh, Gafendor.
0: Yeah. would be, they would be pink, they would be orange, there would have to be blue, okay, and white, okay? Okay. Pink, orange, blue, and white. Somebody make a flag. Anybody? Pink, orange, blue, and white. Somebody make a flag. I can say it. <laughs> Sign that one.
1: My question is that some of us in the room sadly have not had the opportunity to hear you sing. So could you sing a little something for us? I love you Now this forever. is
0: always difficult because I, I you know, I, a lady came up to me yesterday and she said, "I'd love to hear you sing this particular song if someone asked you to sing." But it's a very melancholy song, and it, I'd have to then pick the whole room up and dab off the tears and all that after it. Um, but I'm always... St- someone says, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm depressed today, that's fine, I can cry. <laughs> um, it's always weird to sing off the cuff and, and uh, not n- know off the top of my head what to sing. Sing La Cage the whole show? <laughs> I am what I am and what I am. And- One sec. Happy... No, I'm not singing happy birthday. Uh, What? I don't care. Happy birthday. You don't look a day over 60. Um, I'm just kidding. (laughs) What would... Just one second. I'm going to ask... Raise your hand here if you know what song you'd like me to sing. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. What would you... Well, then... Oh, my God, you've known all along you didn't say?
1: Okay. What's wrong with you? So many things. Um. (laughs) And you know
0: what? Same with all of us.
1: I'm a huge Mel Brooks fan, so I would like you to sing. No. No.
0: no. (laughs) There is no freaking way I'm singing Springtime for Hitler, and it's going to be online. It was okay to sing it in the movie, but not in this situation, because it would go down. This would be a room of haters if we went. If I did that. Me singing that and you all cheering? Wrong. <laughs> I was also asked to sing that, get this, in Germany. <laughs> At a con in Germany, I'm like, are you mad? They're like, no, it would be very funny. I'm like, yeah, it would. Really, it would! <laughs> Look what's happened in Germany today! Not good. So, yeah, um, and, any, uh, yes, you're in the blue. You're the top from anything goes. Okay, all right. <clears throat> At words poetic, I'm so pathetic that I always have found it best, instead of getting them off my chest, to let them rest unexpressed. I hate parading my serenading, as I'll probably miss a bar. But if this ditty is not so pretty, at least it'll tell you how great you are. You're the top. You're the Colosseum. You're the top. You're the Louvre Museum. You're a melody from a symphony by Strauss. You're a bendel bonnet, a Shakespeare sonnet. You're Mickey Mouse. You're the Nile. You're the Tower of Pisa. You're the smile on the Mona Lisa. I'm a worthless check, a crazy wreck, a flop. But if, baby, I'm the bottom, you're the top. (laughs) That was a bit. You're welcome. You're very generous. That was a bit rubbish, considering allergies, it's hard to sing through them. Yes.
1: Hello. Hello. Um, out of all, or actually, I have a two-part question. And okay. the First part is, out of all of the different gadgets within the, the um, Torchwood universe, if you could have one of them in real life, which one would it be? Vortex
0: manipulator, no doubt. And what? Uh- <laughs> and I've got one. I also, ha- I also have a squareness gun. Mm-hmm. And I also have another gun too.
1: And then I was here last year for the. Um, for your panel, yes. And I want to know, did you ever actually call that marine?
0: Yeah! <laughs> Scott's going, what <"Port> marine?
1: What <laughs> <laughs> marine? You didn't show him the video from your panel. What? You didn't no, show him the video. He we did.
0: We did stay in touch. Yes, we did. And he went off to um, train. Uh, gosh, I can't remember. I think he trained. He trained in San Diego. And then he wrote me uh, a very nice letter while he was there training Aww. and how to keep in touch with them. And then he went to 29 Palms, which is outside of Palm Springs where a lot of the Marine go, Marines go before they are shipped out. And uh, he is still uh, serving our country. And he, I think he's now in Raleigh, North Carolina because he's now getting ready to go out on duty somewhere else uh, around the world. So the young man that was here that we gave a big hug to is now uh, fighting for us or representing us around the world uh, for our our nation and our country. So, and his name his name is Jack. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Oh, okay. You're all right. Yes. Go ahead. Here. Hi. Scott will be like, I want to see that video.
1: No. <laughs> I was just wondering, can I have a hug?
0: Uh, I can't, sweetheart, because really? if I hug you, no, then everybody's going to ask for hugs, but okay. I'll give you a high five. Really? Okay. It's about questions, not about hugs and kisses and love and nice. Oh, don't say, oh. I'm trying
1: to keep you all, like, because I'd have to hug every one of you. Oh, you started that. You guys can go downstairs and stand in line and hug him there. You ready?
0: A, vir- a virtual hug. Ready? One, two, three, go. Nice. Yes yesterday good
1: um, and i apologize with a rack
0: like that i obviously would give you a hug
1: you did and you you complimented them thank you i asked you a very inappropriate question you were very inappropriate back and i loved it nice i asked you, if i would if anyone don't there's children oh
0: <laughs> there's children
1: then never mind
0: you got to learn how to be pg-13 i'll
1: try go ahead my question is um actually it's more of a thank you I watched your documentary a few years ago called The Making of Me. Yes. And I'm an ally and member of PFLAG. I'm, I showed that to so many of my friends in the community, and it moved them, it moved me, how you live your life so openly and honestly. And I showed it to my 16-year-old cousin, who was very struggling. And two weeks after he saw that, he watched it with me, he finally came out. Good. And I wanted... I'll be, he's 18 now, yep. and on behalf of my cousin Jeffrey and yep. um, myself, I wanted to thank you for being such a wonderful representative of one of the most wonderful communities that I've ever well, been proud to be a part, part of. It's
0: part of humanity, I yes. think. Yes, I than, agree. Yeah, and the, and the thing that you know, I always say to people. It's lovely that you're getting emotional, but those are happy tears. Those yes. are not sad tears.
1: Absolutely, because it's he's pr- now—it's pride.
0: Correct, because he's now free of that weight that's been on his shoulders for such a long time. And I always say again to young men and women who are in that position, and all—you know—I'm I'm not for outing people. That's not my game. It's not what we should do. But I do believe if, there, if you have a personal reason why it is, and you figure it out. The moment you figure it out, you should come out of the closet. You should be proud of who you are. Because the more of us who are out there shouting out loud, the easier it's going to be to change the laws that need to be changed. Because they cannot deny people with voices.
1: Exactly.
0: They can't. And if you know someone in that position, help them. Help them. Don't push them out of the closet because God knows it's not nice to be pushed out. (laughs) But help them with their the stuff they're struggling with and let them know that it is okay. Because, you know, someone asked me last night, I did a thing for um, uh, Equality Arizona, mm-hmm. and I did a fundraiser for them. And for me, you know, they said, have you lost jobs or roles because of being openly gay? And I said, if I have, I don't care. I've, my father and mother told us all as children, myself, my sister, who obviously you know, is a, a, a professor of English. She's also uh, you know, an author with myself. My brother's a sportsman, and he is, uh, works for a gas company. Uh, they just hook a tube up to his butt and he farts all day. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: I had to. Love you, Andrew. Um, so we, they told us, no matter who you are or what you are or how you live your life, be the best that you can be in the job that you do because then nobody can deny you. They cannot deny you anything. So that's what I say to kids. Just always be good. Always be the best that you can possibly be because then it's harder for somebody to say no. And when they do say no, you can go, oh, yeah? Well, you, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to do it anyway. You.
1: Thank you. Thank you. You're and welcome. I loved the documentary and seeing your family, and it just it gave my cousin a lot of hope that his incredibly conservative Christian... Parents might have a a little bit. And did they? His mother has embraced it. She she has. She's P flagged now. Good. She she is all. Because isn't that what Christianity
0: is about? Accepting and loving people. I
1: agree completely. His dad.
0: His dad. uh, Well, if his dad doesn't come around, and the young man I know will be the one. Because you always want your mother and father in your life. And unfortunately, I know with a lot of friends of mine, uh, I was fortunate. My mom and dad had no no problem. And they said, you're our son, we love you no matter what, unconditionally. Some parents, I don't know how, they have the audacity to turn their back on their children. But they do. My advice to young men and women, when before that happens, you turn your back on them. Don't give them the power. You take the power and control. Say, I don't want you in my life. Absolutely. But before you do, make sure you have a support group around you that if they do say, fine, get out of my house, you go, fine, I'm leaving – go to an aunt, go to an uncle, go to a best friend, go to one of the charities that deal with children who have been you know, th- thrust out of their house because there are people out there who love you and will help you, and I'm one of them.
1: Thank you very much. Welcome.
0: That's enough. That's my soapbox. Yes.
1: My question is Hi, about Arrow. Happy birth- I am happy such a birth- big fan. Happy birthday, by the Thank way. Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm such a big fan of Arrow. Um, I absolutely love it. Um, what is it like working with people like Stephen Amell?
0: Oh. <laughs> Stephen and I sat up with uh, Scott and um, uh, Kelsey and Aaron and my sister, and we sat in the bar at the hotel and drank till the wee hours of the morning. And we had a lovely time. But what is really lovely about Stephen, um, for myself, who has been a lead, the leader of a show, it's lovely for me to watch him grow and, you know, Take control and become the leader. And what? And I and I say this with, uh, you know, he knows this, and the people around us know this, and I've been told this by the producers. Um, Stephen came to me a lot in the beginning to ask advice on how to handle certain situations, and I would give him my advice from what I had learned, it's because I wanted him to be successful. I wanted him to succeed. I wanted the show to be good. And you're only as you know as good as the cast that you have. But also the leading man in the company or the leading lady, whoever it may be, they're the ones who lead the pack. And if you set them off on the right foot, then we're soaring. And right now we are soaring because that young man is doing a, a phenomenal job. But when I signed on to the show, I asked said to the producers, of course I'll do it, but I want a scene with him with his clothes off. And thank you. We have those pictures down at my booth. Yes. (laughs) Scott has it up right in front of him. And that's Scott's motivation. Because in the scene where we came in uh, and he was uh, standing with his arms strapped up by chains, completely torso naked, and Malcolm Merlin walks in. And I told the camera guys, I said, whatever happens, just keep rolling, okay? (laughs) Don't say anything. Because I'm a prankster. I love it. So I walked in around him and I was like... And then I had to circle him, do a complete circle. So, and all the dialogue, I can't remember it right now, but I'm going blah, 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 blah. So the rehearsal, great. Steven's giving it all. He's doing his push-ups before we do it. He's like, do you want to join me? I'm like, no, with a Danish and coffee. I'll just watch. (laughs) Can you do them one-handed, please? (laughs) Just pop the butt up a little bit more. That's good, that's good. So he's giving it all. And he gets up, chain him up. Ready to go. Come on, Malcolm Merlin. Give me. ah, ah." I'm like, cool. Action. So, Ollie. (laughs) Here's Stephen. (laughs) Barrowman. And then the first time that ever our characters cross paths, and this was not in the episode, they, they cut it out because they wanted to save it, was when Moira was in the hospital. And I'm walking down the hallway, and Ollie comes back after he would know that I'm a, a bad guy, right? Ollie comes by, and I go, Oliver? And he goes, Malcolm, or Mr. Merlin? And I turn, look at him, and then he has a scene up in the end of the hallway with... Um, with uh, uh, Oh, gosh, with um, Lauren's father, Laurel's father. Oh, God, his name went out of my head. Paul. Paul's Paul's character, Paul Blackthorne's character, yeah? So he has a scene up here with the the, the detective. And um, just as I walked past him, I went, Oliver. He went, Malcolm. I turned and I went... Paul's a method actor. Paul's like, yeah. So he's just seen me, Well, Stephen's like this. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's going, what's the matter? What are you doing? He's like, "Barrow man. <laughs> <laughs> so I told Stephen last night, get her ready. Because I'm coming series three, and we're going to have a good time. Yes. Uh-huh. How, mu- how much time?
1: You have ten minutes, so you want to go as fast okay, as possible? Okay, well sit down and give me my ten minutes then, girl. Hi, yes. I'm, I'm Megan. I was wondering, Hi, Megan. when you first uh, took on the role of Jack Harkness, did you see where they were going with the face of Bo?
0: No clue. No clue. I've told that. Did I tell this story last year? All right, I won't tell it again. Okay. Okay, I'll tell it again. <laughs> David, David and I were on set, and the script came in, and David, we, I didn't read my scripts. I don't prepare that ahead. I, I do it like a couple of days before I'm supposed to do stuff, and I don't like to know what's happening because I think for me, spontaneity, we'll do while you're doing it, and also learn the lines, and then when you get up, do it spontaneously, and it, it seems more natural. So David, we get the scripts in, and David, I could hear this, you know, and all of a sudden running, running up to the trailer, and I hear... I'm like, what, what, what? John, John, you're never going to believe what's happening. I said, don't tell me. Shut up. Get back to your trailer. Get out of mine. So he goes back to his trailer. And then next day comes, I hear again. Okay, one minute. A minute. What? Have you read the script? No. Get back to your trailer. I'm ready yet! When I read it, I'll tell you! Next day, lunch break. Me, oh my god! David! He opens his door, he goes, what? I go, I ran, oh my god! Me, big boo. (sighs) (laughs) Boo! Have a nice lunch. Amazing. had no idea. I called Russell, I said, "Russell, what were you smoking when you wrote that?" Good stuff. Hi. Hi. Step a little closer. It doesn't bite. It's electronic. Go ahead.
1: So it's on my bucket list to ask this question, and it might seem kind of weird. But what do shamp- I need to sit down for this? No. What shampoo do you use?
0: <laughs> I am so glad you asked that. You know why? Because I, in the UK and Europe, have my own hair care and skincare range. And the shampoo I use is her hair care, which I designed and developed for women, and it's uh, it's made in Italy all natural products, color sensitive. Because I am gray under this mop. (laughs) And I color my hair. So, yes, that's what I use, her hair care. And it's available at QVC UK. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Hi. Hi. Uh, I want to know, what's the craziest
1: thing you've ever done? Finn! Yeah, Adventure Time.
0: Finn! My god-nephew, our god-nephew, Scott, and his name is Finn. (laughs) And we bought him the hat.
1: Yeah, I have one, too. That's awesome.
0: Uh, (laughs) Okay, so it's awesome. Thanks very much. Uh,
1: I just want to know, what's the craziest thing you've ever done with one of your co-stars?
0: Oh, my gosh. Eve Miles. All I have who I love to death, Eve Miles, the craziest thing I've done. It's a song I've dedicated on the album, my new album, to uh, Eve, which, by the way, was funded by all of my fans. And they've, And I'm, I'm overwhelmed and incredibly proud to say that it's the best album that I've ever done because you guys gave me the freedom to do what I wanted to do away from a record company. So thank you very much. It was amazing. And you can download it on iTunes, 9.99. 2 free tracks right away. <laughs> um, there's a song on there dedicated to Eve. And uh, uh, it's a song that I've sung before in my concert tours, but we did a re-kind of vamp of it, kind of a Mumford Sons-style version of Listen to the Music. Because, again, in Germany... Eve and I had been out with a bunch of the the, uh, the Connors, and we were having some drinks in the bar, and we had a great time. We went back up to uh, Eve's room, put on Mumford and Sons, and we opened up all the windows in the hotel. And she and I then just threw our clothes off and danced naked around the room for about two and a half hours. Right? <laughs> Yes, we did. And Eve's, Eve's like, I wouldn't do that with my own sister, but Eve's like, you know, that soul sister with me. And we were just bouncing around, yeah, yeah. Next morning at breakfast, half of the other celebrity con people are eating breakfast and they're like, hey, great night last night. I'm like, yeah, it was great in the bar. And they went, no, great show on the other side of the building. I went, What? Eve was like, "Huh?" They said, yeah, we all saw 6 o'clock this morning. Everybody's getting up. So are you guys. Because your window was open, and what you didn't realize is the building across the way was all reflective glass, and we could see right into your room. You know, gotta do what you gotta do in life, right? Always live that moment, and boy, we lived that moment for two and a half fricking hours we lived it. And that's why the song now is dedicated to her on the album, and it says, because we danced naked together in Germany. So that's one of the craziest things I've ever done. And also, every time she was on a close-up, I got my balls out and distracted her. (laughs) Tennis balls, yes, yes.
1: Um, hi, I'm Lauren, and I was curious as... Hi, Lauren. Hello.
0: I buy your perfume every year. Ralph Lauren. (laughs) For my mom.
1: Yeah. I was curious as to what... You don't care, do you? Not really.
0: No, you don't. Thanks (laughs) for being honest. How old are you? I am 13. 13. Okay, good.
1: (laughs) I was curious as to what has been your most enjoyable stage kiss, or on-screen kiss.
0: No, I know you all want me to say, Dave, uh, say David or you want me to say uh, James Master, uh, Masters, but no. Wait! They were all delicious. <laughs> My favorite on-screen kiss was the one where I broke boundaries immediately, and that was with uh, Chris Eccleston. <laughs> and when I walked up to Rose... And I kissed her, and then Russell said to me, it's in the script, just do it. Do it how you feel, how you want to do it. And I said, well, I want to show that he loves both of them. And I turned to Chris, and I went and kissed him exactly the same way as I kissed Rose. The British public, they all went, oh, great, no big deal. And that was amazing. That was amazing, because it was, I was the first... So that's the one I'm most proud of. I was the first male... Character companion to ever kiss the doctor and I can proudly say that and I loved it (laughs) Two-minute warning yes Yes, the lady in pink. Oh the pink arrow watch out for her Yep
1: i just I was just wondering how can you be Tommy Merlin's father if you're the same age?
0: I love you Do you want to be adopted by Scott and I? (laughs) Do you want two gay dads? Because you'll have the most fabulous clothes, and when you're 18, your high heels will be (laughs) Louboutins. Handbags galore. Come live with us. Grab her, Scott. Um, (laughs) Is that your dad? Bring him, too. You'll be in a sequence speedo cleaning the pool. Hey! <laughs> um, interesting you ask that because a lot of people say the same thing. Tommy is at, uh, actually, you know, the, the guy who plays him is younger than me, really. Um, but a lot of people have said that. What my, my theory, not been written by the show or anything, is that Malcolm had Tommy when he was about 16, 17 years old. With it, no, He didn't have him. His wife, girlfriend had him. And the reason Malcolm is so ruthless and worked so hard—this is my own little backstory history—is because that he had to work incredibly hard to provide for his wife and his son. Then his wife died, so then he was, dis, you know, uh, disgruntled that his son was not becoming the man that he really wanted him to be, which was Oliver, because I think Malcolm really secretly wanted Oliver as a son, but he was just the best friend. But that's how the reasoning became for me to justify that I was his dad because. I did say when, and I, I know Colin who played uh, Tommy Merlin from you know, musical theater stuff. He played the same role I did in Anything Goes on on Broadway. So we've all, you know, and he's a very good uh, song and dance man. But when we did that, I was like, dude, you're, <laughs> how is this going to work? And he's like, well, we'll just play it, and we just played it, and it seems to have worked. But unfortunately, he's dead now because I killed him. Yeah. So you look almost as good as me. You're going to (laughs) die. Sorry. Oops. I bought it. I bought it. Anyway, thank you for that, sweetheart. Give us a call when you need a handbag, all right? Uh, Can I just say thank you very much to you guys here in Phoenix. You are absolutely amazing. I always say it. The reason I do these things is to meet all of you, to be here with all of you, because you have changed my life, and I absolutely, really, really appreciate it. So thank you very, very much. Thank you.
1: Thank you, John.